Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode 170. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary hanging out with you as I am excited to talk about a lot of different things. We have a new standard that is set by Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. We had a crazy, crazy day at OTAs. And we have your voicemails to get into. But before that, summer is coming and you better be ready. So make sure to head over to Manscaped and pick up something for your summer body. They got the full body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair. That's disgusting. Put that stuff away, man. Come on. You're better that than that. And if you grew some winter man tits, the least you could do is make sure that they are hairless. Give them a quick shave. It's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0. Or maybe you just want to smell nice and you could use the nice refined cologne. I love the cologne. I pop, I pop it on every morning. Uh, it's the absolute best. So make sure to check it out and use my code JETS20. All right, let's hop into today's episode. What do we want to get into? Obviously, OTA started this week. Ooh, football and helmets and shorts. We are all the way back. But in all seriousness, the bigger story or the more uh, entertaining thing, at least in my own opinion, is Aaron Rodgers coming out and setting a new standard. And you're probably saying, like, well, this new standard's been set for a while here. Like, we knew about this for a, uh, a, a really long time. Like, what do, you, what do you mean a new standard? Well, it, it's kind of come out what he or how he holds other people accountable. Diana Rossini was there. We'll get into more Diana Rossini reporting a little bit later on in this episode. But something that I thoroughly enjoyed was this tweet. Where she said, I spoke to multiple Jets players and coaches about the impact of Aaron Rodgers. The standard has been raised. The little details are significant to Rodgers. Everyone is being held accountable in meetings and on the field. Rodgers has a lot of say. He's all in. Trust is building. And some of the things that like the the more we got a little bit more details on what each of those things mean. But focusing on the little things that's what winning teams have to do. Over the last few years, or after the last long while, it felt like the Jets have been so bad at the little, small details. And that stuff matters. And maybe, you know, especially in like the Adam Gase days, they, were, they had so many problems that some of the, you know, minor things, probably not as much of a big deal. But when you are trying to win a championship... That is the difference. Those little tiny tweaks could be the differences between a win in a game or a loss. And if you're playing in January or dare I say February, that stuff absolutely matters. And, you know, just some little things like Aaron Rodgers spoke about, um, you know, finishing each rep. That was one of the advice that he gave to the young guys is finishing each rep. Because at, at this point, it's not really contact but if you're going 100 percent of the time, all the time, and you know, with with these, you know, these little drills, like that's why these guys are so good, and that's why I'm glad that Aaron Rodgers is here. Not because, not just because he's going to help the team win, but again, seeing greatness up close and the preparation that goes in, so the to get them to that point, 
it's going to be nice for that to rub off on the other quarterbacks and the rest of the roster. The quarterback is your leader, whether you want to admit it or not, right? Like you could have other sure, CJ Mosley's a captain. Uh, Quinn and Williams, you know, is a leader on this team. They, the Jets have leaders and even some more veteran guys like CJ Uzama is a leader on this Jets team and on the offensive side of the football. The quarterback's leading you into battle and what they say goes. And if he's commanding this amount of respect and commanding this much attention to the details, that to me is the best part. Making sure that everything is done right. And also, Working things out with Nathaniel Hackett, not to the point where it's like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers running the show and Nathaniel Hackett's not really doing anything, but collaborating and working together. And I think that's something that Mike LaFleur didn't really have because, you know, he was kind of inexperienced was they didn't have that collaborative effort. It was, this is what we're going to do. I'm up here teaching it. You're there listening. It wasn't this kind of back and forth. Uh, and it feels like there's an open line of communication with Rodgers. And granted, he's the veteran and he's earned that right. And, you know, so maybe some of these other guys don't, didn't necessarily earn that right yet. But I'll take that even as just a, a, a positive in what will likely be an upgrade from Mike LaFleur to Nathaniel Hackett. Is that the effort is going to be a little bit more collaborative. And he's there to, you know, make sure that everything is held up to a standard. I love, and we'll get into uh, some other quotes from what was a wild day of OTAs yesterday. Uh, just <laughs> crazy drama two days into it. Gotta love it. But going back to CJ Uzama, I really liked this one quote in particular, which what stands out, the bullet point that stood out to me from the original Diana Rossini tweet was, everyone is being held accountable in meetings and on the field. On day one, Monday, the defense was doing significantly better than the offense. And paraphrasing it, CJ Uzama said that it's they got to get their shit together. That's what Rogers basically said calmly this morning. He's like, we got to get our shit together. We got to go out there. We got to have a good practice. I guess what they did, the offense looked really good today or yesterday. Sorry, by the time you're listening to this yesterday, which again, we'll get into some of those storylines in a little bit here when we get into the full OTA, but Standards been raised. It's no longer like, I don't know, some B team, some, you know, yeah, you know, young coaching staff, young players. They're still learning on the fly. They don't really have to worry about winning yet. It's about taking that progress. That part is over, long gone. And Jeff fans have been in that part for a long time, unfortunately. Pretty much since they tore it down after 2016. Which, I mean, that team deserved to get blow up. It was it was toxic in the end. But in 2017, that's what it was. It was, uh, you know, it was still a relatively young coaching staff. Todd Bowles was going into his third year as a head coach. And they had a veteran in Josh McCown, but they tore that thing down to the studs. And then they went with the youngster in 2018. And they brought in Adam Gase and, uh, you know, had a young quarterback there. And then they brought... Broke the you know broke that down and then drafted Zach Wilson the second round so kind of started the you know started over again and that part's done that part is over with it's time to start winning football games which is what we've been saying all off season long and ever since the season came to a close 
was that the job for the 2023 Jets is to win football games. And with the type of leadership, at least that Aaron Rodgers has shown, they're going to be a prepared team. There's no BS. It's no, all oh, we didn't know where we're going on this play or, you know, the, the receiver ran the wrong route and the wide receiver and the quarterback weren't on the same page. That, that stuff's out the window. Oh, I didn't know my blocking assignment. You know, the guard didn't know the blocking assignment. That, that, that's over. That's done with. That does not fly anymore with Aaron Rodgers. And to me, is there pressure involved with that? Yes, but it is absolutely time for the pressure to come, right? Like, an, uh, again, enough of just living in that mediocrity or below mediocrity even. But yeah, there's pressure, but I, I love it. He's all in. The trust is building and yeah, good stuff. What I wanted to get into second before we get into a couple of calls at the end here is the wild day that was the uh, OTA day two, first day with the media. So in non-shocking fashion, it was absolutely jam-freaking-packed in Florham Park, New Jersey. So many media members there. Obviously, the Jets beat was there. But on top of that, national reporters, it was Absolutely freaking packed there. So that's going to be a common theme, I think, throughout the summer and going into the season. But the big thing that jumped out was Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard getting hurt. And I'm saying if you're listening and not watching, I'm doing the hurt in the in the air quotes here because, well, did they? Let me explain. First was Aaron Rodgers. They go through a little bit of warm-ups. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks fine. And then when they break off into like the individual drills, Rodgers goes off to the side and is talking with the trainer. And you had some Diana Rossini, ESPN, how she phrased it and how she tweeted. It was like something is clearly not right. Aaron Rodgers is favoring his ankle off on the sideline. And then the Jets beat was like, yeah, not really sure what happened. Aaron Rodgers looked like he was, you know, okay. And then he went off and is, you know, on the side. Okay. He didn't come back in and practice, but he stood out on the field or stayed out on the field. I think if they were really concerned, don't you think they would have went inside, went in the building, taken him completely off the field, uh, and instead was just coaching up, you know, was was around, in, involved in practice. Well, he wasn't taking the reps, but he was there involved with Hackett and the team around him. It's not like he just, you know, went off or sat on his own. He was still very much so. Involved, So that was just very weird, the coverage of it. And he then spoke after the fact. We'll get into some Aaron Rodgers quotes from after the fact. But it, it wasn't his ankle, actually. It was the calf. He tweaked his calf. Don't expect it to be a big deal. They'll be probably slow this week, I would imagine. And then from there, you know, they'll just they'll remain cautious. He wasn't the only one who didn't practice. You didn't see much Sauce Gardner. Michael Clemens didn't practice. No Mackay Becton. And I think there was someone else. There might have been someone else, too, that I'm missing. But anyway, the the second guy that got hurt, again, hurt in air quotes, was Alan Lazard. Oh, Alan Lazard goes down. He's a lot in pain. He goes off to the side. Five minutes later, he's back. Alan Lazard is back and continues to return to practice. Now, he cleared the air himself. He didn't wait. Uh, it's not like he went into a press conference or someone asked Robert Sala. He said on Twitter that he was hitting the gonads. His his words, not mine. Uh, so yeah, you're gonna go down and you're gonna you know probably need a couple minutes to, to catch your breath there, which is kind of exactly what happened. So uh, really not concerned with either of those two guys. 
but naturally, there were some, oh, my God, here we go. And I get it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just it's all a part of it, unfortunately, right? Jeff fans have been scorned for so long. Your prize possession quarterback is hurt. You think in in the first practice with all the media there, little classic, little classic stuff. As far as some other storylines, one more thing I want to get into, and then I want to play a couple clips actually from uh, the, some of the press conferences. But it was a good Zach Wilson day, and he had a good practice yesterday. And this is not in any way, shape, or form like I don't want to get ahead of anyone's ski. Like I don't want us to get ahead of our skis here. On a, on a May practice in shorts and a t-shirt and a helmet with no pads and no pass rush and all that stuff. But Zach Wilson looked good. It was 9 of 10. Had a nice throw to Garrett Wilson. Any, like, even if you don't want him on the team anymore, which I get. The people who are like, I, I just want him gone. Okay, I get it. I, I, I get that. I'm not going to argue with that. It would be the best thing for the Jets if Zach Wilson plays well in OTAs, in training camp, in the preseason. That is only a positive for the New York Jets. And I'll give you the two scenarios for why. Number one, you want to keep him and continue to develop him. Obviously, him playing well is, benefits that, right? He's probably going to be, I think anyway, he's probably going to be quarterback two on this team. All right, good, good. That's good. You like that. The other is if you are in that boat where you want him gone, or if you think he is not fixable, he's a bust, that's it, boom, done, case closed, fine. If he plays well in the preseason, you tell me there's not a soccer GM in the league? There's, there's a lot of other teams. Arizona, what the hell are they going to do with uh, no Kyler Murray? Are they going to take a flyer? Trade a second-round pick for Zach Wilson? Want to get nuts? We can get nuts here. These things happen. Weird trades happen all the time. We saw Joe Douglas get draft compensation back for Blake Cashman. We saw him get a haul for Jamal Adams. Multiple first-round picks and a third. You saw a Sam Darnold trade with really good value. He's gotten, he's, he's made surprises. And, he, you know, he hasn't been afraid to do so. The only trade that I didn't love value-wise was the Elijah Moore trade. I didn't love that one, but the rest he did a pretty good job with. And Zach Wilson playing well, yeah, it's it's May. But this is this is going to be a story, and I know people are going to say, "Oh, we want to hear about Aaron Rodgers," and uh, agree. I care significantly more about Aaron Rodgers than I do about Zach Wilson because Aaron Rodgers is going to play and Zach Wilson, best case scenario, doesn't play a snap for the Jets this year because Aaron Rodgers is starting all every single game they play. But his how he plays, again, through OTAs and training camp and the preseason, that's going to be a huge talking point. And aren't you a little bit curious to see where he is? Did he get better? Is he still that same guy? Did it get worse? I don't think it possibly could get any worse. You would hope that it gets better. You don't know, but I'm curious. I think unless you're just completely scorned and, and hate the guy, you're a little curious too. We don't have to say, you know, make any declarative statements in May that Zach Wilson's back or, you know, this is it. He's going to develop into the guy. We don't know. He's probably done, right? Like, let's be realistic here. Probably not. But we'll continue to watch and monitor it. And it was a good 
couple of Zach Wilson practices and the coach called him out for it. So that's good. Robert Sala also spoke, as I said earlier, to the to the media uh, before practice you know started, which was which was great. You love that for for all involved that he played, uh, that he spoke, and that he got some good quotes. But one of the things that he talked about was oh, it started playing a little bit early. Uh, apologies. One of the things that he talked about was. Quinn and Williams, and if that contract, if there's any concern uh, with you know getting that that contract done, that doesn't seem to be the case. I want to I want to play the clip about uh, him talking about Quinn and Williams and where he thinks or what he thinks is going to happen there. What's your expectation for when Quinn will be here, and are you concerned at all about anything regarding that? Q ball. Um, I know they're. They're, uh, they're about to have a baby, which is awesome, Q. Good luck, bro, uh, brother. But uh, I'm not worried at all. He'll, he'll, they'll get, that thing will get done, and he'll be here. That thing will get done, and he'll be here. That's what Robert Sala said, audio courtesy of SNY. That will get done. Yeah, of course it will. Again, panic over something that does, you don't have to necessarily panic over yet. You get to training camp, and that's he's still not here. He said a couple of things. One, he's with his family because they're about to have a kid. Fine. It's voluntary right now. Fine. You're in a contract negotiation. Also fine. It's going to get squared away. The base is out there. It's going to be four, four years, 23-plus million dollars, probably closer to 25. I don't think it gets up to 30. I think that's crazy talk now. But four for 100 sounds right. I'm going to stick with that prediction. I've been on that prediction for a little while now. I think that's where it's going to end up sticking. I'm not worried. He's he's talking about it like it's definitive, like it's going to happen. It, it's going to get ironed out. You have time. You have a ton of time. This is not like you're not on the eve of training camp. It's like, oh, my God, where's Quinnen? When's he going to get in here? It's still May. You have two more months to worry about this. Robert Sala could not stress enough how little concern there is with Quinnen Williams joining this team. He'll be here. He will be here in July. That's all that matters. May does not matter. July matters a little bit more. This next clip's a little bit on the longer side, but I, I think it's good to play because Makai Becton had uh, a story come out in Newsday uh, where he kind of in a way blames the Jets for his second injury, the one that happened last year. Uh, and Robert Sala was asked about it. So I think it's uh, appropriate to listen to this full response. It's a little bit of a longer video, but just bear with us here. I, in an interview, um, I was published over the weekend, basically blamed the coaching staff for his injury last August because um, he was playing on the right side. What's your reaction to that? Um, you know, I'll be honest, like, I'm not going to get into the negative of all of it because if, if you talk to 10 people, it's not about finger pointing. Uh, what I'm focused on, though, is over the last six months, um, Makai has done an unbelievable job getting his weight down towards a, a healthy weight that's sustainable. Uh, he's been available during OTAs. He's been prompt and uh, very diligent with regards to meetings. Um, he's in the best, I think he's in probably one, probably the best shape of his life. 
Uh, he's got a smile on his face and he's attacking it, and that's what's most important. Um, whatever happened in the past happened in the past, and and it's not about finger pointing. It's just about moving forward. And if he keeps approaching this off season um, the way he has, and he keeps attacking it the way he has, uh, excited to see what he does with his fourth year. Have, have you talked to him about those comments? Um, yeah, we we talk all the time. He's he's fine. It's uh, like I said, he's he's in a really good place, and, and I want to keep him there. Does that change how you might? Use him positionally this year. Um, whether right, no, best five are on the field. There you go. That's the last part that I wanted to hear. The best five are on the field. That's how it should be, and that's what Mac- that's why I said in my video. Like, there's a world where Makai might have to play right tackle. Yeah, he can win the left tackle job. Sure, it's not a 100 percent guarantee that Dwayne Brown is the starting left tackle. But if Dwayne Brown looks like a, a solid contributor and they want to get him on the field and he's only played left tackle in his entire life for decades and has had many years of success in this league at that position. Well, I'm sorry, Makai, you might have to play right tackle. And is he not going to do it? I, I don't think that's the case. He understands that, but it, it sounded very definitive early on that. It was like, Oh no, you know, I, I, I'm a left tackle. Which, yes, that's your natural position. I'm sure that's where you want to play. But are you going to take backup left tackle or are you going to take starting right tackle? I think you take starting every time. And sure, you know, Max Mitchell, maybe he comes back and wins that job. Or maybe Carter Warren. I think that would be surprising. I don't think they expect Carter Warren to play this year. That would be my anticipation anyway, that they don't really uh, expect him to play. Then, you know, Makai might have to say, like, look, or Makai might just have to realize that this is this is just something that you got to do. You got to be able to play on that right side if you need to. I don't know. And then the last one, last video clip that we're going to play, or last audio clip we're going to play, rather, is Aaron Rodgers spoke talking about the importance of attending OTAs. I thought this was also a... Uh, a good quote. So let's back this up and play it. It said about West. I got a great, uh, great group of trainers, uh, great bodywork guy. Obviously, great setup uh, where I live. Super calm and peaceful. Um, and when you're in the same office for a long time, you know the off season is really for the young players. Uh, but with a new offense being my first year here, I really wanted to be around for at least some of the beginning things to uh, just let them know, kind of. Uh, how I like to do things, uh, you know, like I said, some of the code words, some of the little adjustments, some of the ways I see the game, uh, sparking that conversation. The worst thing you'd have is sitting in a meeting and have a coach up there just talking the entire time with no interaction. So uh, that might be the standard at some places, but I just never feel like that's been the right way to do things. It needs to be a free-flowing conversation uh, between the coaches and the players. It needs to be feedback. You need to call on guys. So I'm, you know, allowed uh, to do some of that stuff, and I think it's important just so guys are paying attention and they can know at any point they can get called on to answer a question about something. And um, so just being here with Hackett to help him uh, put the offense in. Obviously, it's the same system that we kind of tweaked between 19 and 20, and ran in 20 and 21 when he had a lot of success. So, uh, yeah, there you go. That's to me that stands out a lot is that he's here with Nathaniel Hackett. Why he? Why at this point is Aaron Rodgers still here at OTAs? One, it's a new new 
team for him. It, it may always made sense for him to go to OTAs to get acclimated with things, right? But when you add in on top of that, that you want to install the new offense, and like he's really taking this leader. That is a leader's mentality, which again, I, I really like. I like to hear that, that he you know wants it to be a dialogue between the the players and the coach. You don't again, you don't want it to just be up here, this is what we're gonna do for this play, ba 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 ba. That's boring. You don't get anything out of that. If someone's a teacher, they'll they'll be able to tell you. There was a part there was a, a time in my life where I taught. And it wasn't, you know, it's not a crazy high level thing. It was, you know, we taught broadcasting. It's like, that's not comparing, you know, the NFL to, to broadcasting, but it always like people seem to get more out of it when it was interactive, when it was, I'm going to stand up here and talk and you're going to sit there and listen. You don't get the same thing out of it. And I think it's extremely important. The approach that Aaron is taking with this. And that the team, the Jets, are taking with this is because they they are a young team. Garrett's in his second year. Uh, you know, you have Brees is still young on the defense. There's a, there's it's a young core. They don't have a ton of experience yet, but Aaron's showing them like this is the right way to do things. He has won a Super Bowl. He's on a team that, or he was on a team that pretty consistently made the playoffs. They didn't win every year, and I think we're just. As a fan, I don't want to go too off the rails or too off the beaten path with this. Is I think we got a little too blinded with the insane success that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had together that winning a Super Bowl, just getting one, isn't enough now. When that was always the, the standard was to win a Super Bowl. It was always, oh, you know, that's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Now, because you watched Tom Brady win seven, which is just this crazy outlier thing. Aaron Rodgers only has one. And it's like, well, that's the story. Aaron Rodgers, he only has one ring. Brett Favre, that guy, he only finished with one ring. Peyton Manning, two. I believe that only two rings for Peyton Manning. What? Like, I, I don't, to me, that is so, so crazy. But nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, is is teaching them the right way to do things. Because for a long time, pretty obvious they weren't doing things the right way. We have a couple calls to get into now, which we want to do. First up, we're going to go out to Joe calling in from Southern California. He wants to get into uh, some contract negotiation stuff uh, with Joe Douglas. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt, it's Joe from SoCal. What's up? Um, I'm a little late with this, but I just wanted to give my sincerest thanks to you and Ryan and Green Bean for the draft coverage. Oh, thank you. I had such a great time hanging with you guys. Um, I'm older than you and Ryan, but Green Bean probably remembers this. You know, when I was a teenager, I remember scouring the uh, Star Ledger and the New York Times for just a blurb or just an article about the Jets, and it was pretty (laughs) paltry. And it's such a great time to be alive and be a Jets fan because there's so much great content creation right now. So I'm just really grateful, and I just want to say thanks. That was a real blast. Um, I the other thing that. is, Jets fans just—I think they need to kind of chill out on everything Joe Douglas is doing in terms of when the trade for Aaron Rodgers was being negotiated. 
and uh, and with the current contract talks with Quinn and Williams, you want a GM who is going to negotiate hard and isn't just going to cave. I mean, how many? It's like we quickly forget Mike McCagnan and John Itzik and everything, and all the times we just uh, like quickly jumped at a free agent and caved to whatever their demands are. I mean, Tremaine Johnson, anyone, I mean, he should have been arrested for larceny. So, uh, you know, give Joe Douglas a little bit of slack. You want a GM who's going to negotiate and drive a hard bargain. That's what we want. We don't want a mortgage to the future. We want to be able to get through this exciting time with Aaron Rodgers and still be positioned uh, for the future of the franchise. So, anyway, hope you're doing great, and um, I'll talk to you later, and go Jets. Joe, really appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. I've said this many times, whether it's on here or any other content that I do that I'm asked about it. The three-day jet stream for the draft with Ryan and Greenbean. We've done that every year since 2020. So that's 2021, 2021, 2022, We've done it four years now. It's my favorite thing that we do. It's three really long days. I'll be honest. It's, it's long. It's a long three days. It's quick turnarounds, too. Uh, especially that last day, the Friday night into Saturday morning, just about to get up and, and get right back into it. It's not easy sometimes, but man, I, I love it. And it's a blast hanging out with you guys. It's the absolute best. And I appreciate the kind words. It really does mean a lot with Joe. I, I most, I mostly agree with you. I think that is a great point when you bring up how past GMs were just so quick to overpay to get guys to come here. And you give the example of Tremaine Johnson. CJ Mosley's another example. Le'Veon Bell's a big example. And, you know, hand up. I'll, I'll fully admit that I was very wrong about Le'Veon Bell. I thought that he, he would help uh, a young quarterback going into his, at the time, Sam Darnold was going into his second year. And Bell was an all-pro player. And I knew the offensive line wasn't good enough, but I thought... Bell Bell is good enough uh, to where it, it won't it'll have a factor, but it won't be the only you know it, it won't completely derail his season. I was wrong; it did. The offensive line play stunk. Bell clearly lost a step, and Adam Gase was terrible, just flat out terrible. And all those factors you know factored in why why it didn't work out with Lev Bell and the New York Jets. Tremaine Johnson's another one. <laughs> Grand Larceny stole money from them. That is true. Joe Douglas, for the most part, has actually for pretty much the whole thing, has gotten fair value on these guys. I, I do think that sometimes he could be a little bit too stubborn for his own good. And that's not like, and that's nitpicking. And it's okay to nitpick. I feel like you have to analyze these guys. And I, I like Joe. The thing that I don't like just in general is if someone assumes or you say you're a fan of someone, you have to 100% align with every single thing that they do and nothing about them could be bad. You can't critique them in any way. Uh, but then if you do, like God forbid you do, then it's, oh my God, you're a hater. You can't stand the guy. Not true. I like Joe Douglas. I think he is doing a good job. I think one of the things that I think he can improve on is sometimes he draws a little bit of too hard of a line in the sand. Uh, I think he admitted it with uh, the uh, Robbie Anderson and maybe that ended up being for the better. But I mean, in, in 2020, the Brashad Perry, they tried to replace Robbie Anderson with Brashad Perryman to be their number one receiver in 2020. 
It is disgusting. That wide receiver. Go back and look at the 2020 depth chart. Just d- gross. <laughs> just flat out absolutely gross. Um, and, and I hope that he doesn't do that with Quinn. And I don't think he will. Like I said earlier in this episode, I fully expect something to get done before July in training camp. But I hope it's it ends up being like, all right, yeah, 25 million a year. Sure, we're good. I hope it's not the Jets saying, yeah, you know, we're only at 20. When you see these other guys getting paid 22 and a half, 23 and a half million dollars. I hope it's fair. I think it will be, to be completely honest with you, but I don't think it's always the best to draw that hard line in the sand and stick by it. It's okay to be a little bit flexible. But I appreciate the call. Thanks again, Joe. Let's go to Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley, which is upstate. <laughs> Not in his words, but let's do it. Let's get into it. Hey, Matt. It's Peter from the beautiful Hudson Valley. Uh, giving you a second recording because I think my first recording didn't quite go so well. Uh, question after the live stream today. And thank you for uh, getting some of my questions posted up there. Appreciate sure. it. Um, at this point, Considering where the roster is, and it's pretty thorough and pretty complete, um, and obviously I'd like to see the Jets bring back Quan Alexander, uh, but there's a lot of depth in just about all areas on the roster right now, and that's a good thing. Um, and that we obviously want to get Clinton Williams' new deal done before training camp. In light of Lawson's uh, contract being reworked last week and others that were already done in the offseason, like Guzama and such, who do you think is next, or could there be more than one, uh, that Joe Douglas reworks to get the Jets the cap space needed to get Quinnen's deal done? Could it be Corey Davis, maybe Lincoln Tomlinson, maybe even Jordan Whitehead, uh, or all of them, possibly. Uh, so just wanted to get your opinion on where they think, where you think the Jets are going to go next to free up cap space to not only get you know, Quinnen Williams' contract deal done, but maybe bring back Juan or, you know, others uh, That'd be nice. who might be available after June 1st uh, to help fill out the other needs on the roster at this point. And, uh, man, I just, uh, from my stream, I just wanted to comment that I can't believe you forgot the hero of last three seasons. <laughs> I know. Chris Trevler. Yep. Is the only other quarterback on the roster as well. He had such a great preseason since, and we're hoping for that again this year. But anyway, as always, go Jets. I appreciate that. Thank you so much again, Peter, for calling in. Appreciate it. Yeah, I did forget. I was going through, um, I believe we were speaking on the new rule that was put in place by the NFL, which I love, by the way, that the third quarterback does not count against the 53-man roster. So uh, Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson, you are safe. But I did forget mentioning Chris Strebler, who was an absolute preseason god. Did not look as good in the regular season, unfortunately. Uh, Chris Jevler, it did not necessarily work there. I Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure someone watching could leave a comment. Uh, I wasn't going to do it off the... I, I guess, why well, don't I just Google it? But I'm pretty sure Lakin Tomlinson did restructure his deal already. The other ones... Yes, he, they, he did on March 11th. It was Tomlinson, Reed, and Conklin... Uh, the three of them restructured. Uh, I think the other ones you mentioned absolutely make sense. Corey Davis at his number, weird. Uh, you also mentioned 
Whitehead, I think that would make sense. They're, they're very keen on keeping him around, it seems. And I'll add a third one, Mosley. I know they did it last year, but C.J. Mosley's cap hit for this year is over $20 million. And we like C.J. I like C.J. Mosley. But is he a $20 million linebacker at this point in his career? No. His cap hit, $21.476 million in 2023. And then in 2024, it's also $21.476. They got to be able to, they got to restructure this. They can. They could save about $12 million, it looks like, by restructuring, according to over the cap. I think that gets done as well. It might just, that might have to just take a little bit more time, but I would throw him in the mix as well as someone who can get restructured. So that's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Jets today. Please make sure to leave a like if you're watching the video, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you are listening in audio form, we, we appreciate you. Same deal, subscribe, leave a rating and review. That really helps out a lot. I appreciate all and love all the support from you guys. It really means the absolute most to me. I am Matt O'Leary. Have a great rest of your day.